are continuing in the book of Proverbs tonight. Our scripture reading actually come out of 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. And we find in this passage in the Bible to where Solomon is asking for wisdom. And as was read just a moment ago, he asked to give thy servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. For For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And you notice there in verse 10, that speech, what he had said and what he had asked, and I'm sure how he asked it, pleased the Lord. Notice what the Lord told him. You hadn't asked for yourself. You hadn't asked for a long life. You hadn't asked for riches. You hadn't uh, asked the life of, of, of uh, nor asked, nor has asked the life of, of thine enemies, but asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. And he says, I've given thee a wise and understanding heart, such a heart that there'll be no more, none like you. Verse 13, he goes on to say, he says, I've also given thee that which thou hast not asked. We could say a bonus. Because you were asking the right way and you asked the right thing and you wasn't uh, all about yourself. He says, I'm going to give you those things you didn't ask for both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And he goes on in verse 14, he says, If you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and commandments as thy father did, David, he says, Then I'll lengthen your days. We find Solomon asking for wisdom. We've said this many times that there's a lot big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is what you know, and wisdom is how you use what you know. How do you use that knowledge? How do you make good judgments? Solomon wanted to be able to judge between good and bad. Oh, how our country would be in such a way better shape if our leaders today would even just believe in God, I guess, and even trust in God and have this type of heart. Give me the wisdom to know between good and bad. Oh, there's no more of a time. We need it right now. I never thought in the days of my days, I guess, that I would see a state's governor have to sign into law that a boy has to play boy sports or they can't cross because their genders are what they claim to be. That's just, that's a crying shame. It's almost embarrassing, to be honest with you, for a country to have to do that. But I'm glad I live in a state that follows the way God, in some sense, when it comes to that that matter. Tonight, wisdom. Wisdom regarding authority. And I'll attach authority to this. 
We can have a lot of wisdom in a lot of things. But when it comes to authority, wisdom regarding authority, throughout life, you and I must deal with no choice of ours. We must deal with the matter of authority. Sometimes we find ourselves in positions of authority. Maybe a boss, that's your work. Maybe a parent, an elder, the president, whatever the case may be. And most of the time we find ourselves, each one of us tonight, find ourselves having in some way, shape, form, or fashion to submit to authority as an employee or a child or a citizen. And wisdom regarding to authority tonight is a virtue that's often lacking. And this is where it normally lacks. People with authority frequently do poorly, even abusing their authority. And then on the other side of that coin, people who are under the authority don't always handle it gracefully, making their situation worse. In Proverbs, we find wisdom regarding authority, mostly spoken in terms pertaining to the rule of kings or, or princesses, which can easily be applied to other areas of, of my life and yours involving authority like work, family, or even church. <clears throat> but as I spoke just a moment ago, in our society today, and even in the jobs in which a lot of you do, and, and as far as education and in myself and my wife, we see a generation or several generations prior to even now that they have no respect for what? Authority. Now, I have to say, right here at this congregation, we're raising some good kids. Parents, you're doing, you're doing a good job. They respect authority. I see your kids in elementary school. And I've seen them throughout the years. But I have seen some, unfortunately, and some that's in the Lord's church as abroad and, and, and things that did not respect authority. They had the attitude that you're not going to tell me what to do. That's the, big, that's the big thing that we see in children today. <clears throat> A lot of times we may say that they have no boundaries. Ask, just ask these two preschool teachers. <laughs> They're the front line when they come out of, uh, come off the bottle and come out of mom and daddy's house. They see it. A lot of times they have no bad. And you can tell, they can tell within just a few moments whether that child has any authority established in home and whether they have any boundaries. I see it with the children that I work in. Why, why are you talking about children? Because children grow up and become what? Adults. 
And this is the way our society has moved and is moving, that they have no respect for authority. Look at how our country and our younger people in our country are voting, and look how they're voting and how they're responding to our police officers and how they're responding to authority as leadership, just opposite of what the Bible teaches and what we're going to study tonight. If a child is never told no, and if a child is never punished and never taught to respect authority, boy, do we have a problem. And young people, we have a lot here. It's your job, and we're going to talk about those two sides tonight. One who has the authority and one who is under the authority. You have a job, young people, to submit to authority. Whether it be your parent or whether it be your boss, or whether it be your teacher, they are in an authoritative position, and the Bible teaches us to do that. If you remember in the book of James, talking about wisdom, chapter 1 there, he says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask, right? God's not going to embrace it. He's going to give liberally to those who ask. And we, even young people and older people, need to continue to ask for those things. So in this study tonight, I hope for us to seek and summarize what is said in Proverbs about the subject of authority. What about, number one, two points tonight. <clears throat> Wisdom for those in authority. You may find yourself or you may be in a uh, person of authority, uh, whether it be in your job, all of us who have children are in positions of authority. What are our duties? <clears throat> what are our duties in the home as a parent and being in that authoritative position? Or what are our duties at work being in that authoritative position, whether you're the boss or what they call assistant to the boss or whatever they call it now, um, when I worked my way through the ranks, they called it a lead. Uh, there was a lead on the floor. Uh, that was right under the supervisor. Uh, but whatever position you may hold in that authority, what are our duties? Proverbs, and, and, and one of them is, is being able to make, make judgments. And Proverbs has a lot to say about that. You go to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 10. A divine sentence is, the, is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. Those in authority are often called upon to make decisions. And you go to <clears throat> Proverbs 25 and verse 2. It says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So what are our duties? We are to search out the truth. We are to search out what exactly happened or what needs to happen in a situation. Often as I play with kids at school and in the behavior world, I find myself a lot of times having to do that. I have to search out what exactly happened. Sometimes I have to go to the cameras. <laughs> That's been the greatest thing for me as far as behavior, because a kid can sit there and say, no, I didn't shove him. 
And boy, I can go pull it on the camera, and I, I take them in there, and I say, look, <laughs> there you, that's you. That's you. That's the shirt you got on right now. And I've had them sit there and say, that ain't me. <laughs> and I said, look, I'll zoom in. <laughs> and they'll zoom in. and go, oh, it is me, ain't it? Uh, it just amazes them that we can see uh, those things. And there's all kind of strategies that I use. I have, I have two new kids who've came in from another county, and they're twins. And they're classic, um, classic one classic disability, and, and um, I work with them on a daily basis. And, and I've often told you that I love the, child, the mind of a child. And I use all kind of tactics to help children overcome things and to help, I guess, teach them the right way and keep them on the right line. And I kid with them a lot. And there's a lot that if you tell a kid that you have a mouse in your pocket and that it will bite the end of your finger off if you don't behave right, they'll do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> they'll, do, they'll, they'll, they'll walk the straight line. Because I just show them the end of my finger that's gone. They're like, that's the look I get. Your mouse bit that off? I said, he's right here in my pocket. And I had a hoodie on one day. It was in my little pocket. And they'd peep around looking at it. I said, stick your hand in there. No. I ain't sticking my hand in there. And I'm going to tell you what, if you don't believe, they don't pay attention. I didn't wear that hoodie the next day, and I had a pair of pants on. And they says, where's your mouse? I said, he's in my pocket. I said, you want to pet him? Yeah. I'd hold him down. It was my car key, actually. And they would take and pet that little car key. And they said, oh, little mouse. I said, you want me to let him out? No, are you going to behave today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're scared of the mouse. <laughs> uh, but I love, I love using the mind of a child and, and playing those games. But we're teaching, even through that way, we teach them authority. That Mr. Matthew has the mouse. <laughs> and if you don't behave, we'll turn him out. <laughs> uh, but, but again, our duties... And we have to know as a parent or a boss or whatever that our decisions, they will affect those who are under our authority. And it is up to us, whether in the home or whether on the workplace or wherever we may be, wherever we may be, we must administer justice. The book of Proverbs speaks of it in chapter 20 and verse 8. A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. He administers justice. And you go on in verse 26 of that same chapter, and it reads, A wise king scattereth or winneth the wicked and bringeth the threshing wheel over them. And we could go on in chapter 29 in the first part of verse 4 and the verse 14 of that same chapter. But such is our responsibility of those in authority, not for their personal benefit, but for those who are under their authority. Whether one king, a company CEO or manager, an elder in the church, a parent, God expects each of them to exercise authority with justice. Now you say, well, how does this apply in our home? It has a lot to do with the home. I don't know who the disciplinarian is in your home. <clears throat> a lot of times it will fall upon the father. 
Can I remember? That's the way I was brought up. Cause y'all, was y'all that way? Cause your mama said, you wait till your daddy gets home. Oh, they made you wait all day. That was the worst punishment forever. You wait till your daddy gets home. And I remember that so vividly when I left the water holes running all day. And they came and they said, did you play with the water holes today? Nope, hadn't touched it. Total lie right on top of it. They beat me with the water holes. And that's the truth. But that was their justice. <laughs> that was their justice. And we today as parents must have justice in our homes in the right way according to what God has given us. We as parents need to be a praying parent to say, God, please, even a grandparent, please give me the wisdom to be the example and to show my children and my grandchildren how to behave and how to submit to authority and and not, not have this attitude that we see in the world today. When folks come, uh, a lot of times you see them out in, in some type of authority or whatever approaches them about something and, and maybe they're not acting in the right way they should. They want to get an attitude. You can't tell me what to do. You can't do that. That's the attitude we see in the world uh, today. But what about our qualities as that one of authority? Proverbs 16 and verse 10 and, and verse 12 in that same, same uh, uh, chapter tells us that we must be righteous. Verse 10 says, A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. You go on in, in, in verse 12, It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness for the throne is established by what? Righteousness. It's kind of like we have to live what we are teaching. We have to, if we're going to make judgments and to be an authoritative figure in our home, and we're going to have to require our children or or whatever, this and this and this and this, you better be doing it yourself. Because I'm going to tell you, it's like the old saying, it's the pot calling what? The kettle black. And our kids catch on to that. I've told you the story many times in my own life. The men in my life said, you better not ever cuss, you better not ever drink, and you better not ever smoke. And while they were telling me that, they were cussing and had a cigarette hanging in their mouth and a beer can, a beer can in their hand. What message was that to me? It wasn't a very good one. But we must be righteous. It's necessary to administer that justice of will, to judge righteously and fairly and free of evil influence. Proverbs 25 and verses 4 and 5. We're not going to allow the things around us or people around us to have an evil influence on us. You take bribery such as the, the tool of many of our lobbyists uh, today, Proverbs 29 and verse 4, The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth or exacteth gifts overthroweth it. 
What about women, uh, Proverbs 31 and verse 1 through 5, such as women and alcohol and, and those things, and, and many of our politicians today and businessmen have fallen uh, to this, this same problem. The words of the king, Emmanuel, these are the, the words of his mom saying to the prophet, uh, his mother taught him, What my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows, give not thy strength unto women, nor ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to not, uh, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princesses strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. So this is the mother giving a warning to her son. Stay away from those type of ladies. Stay away from those type of people. What about being fair and merciful? 31 verses 8 and 9. Being merciful in that judgment. Those of us and many who are in authority need the qualities that will ensure righteous and merciful judgment. Last point, wisdom for those under, those of us who work under people. Do you know Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 24 that we're to honor those in authority? Proverbs chapter 24 and verses 21 and 22. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Verse 23 goes on to say, These things also being to the wise, it is not good to have respect to persons in judgment. But honor those who are in authority. To fear, have respect for those. Have respect for them uh, uh, as we would in our religious thoughts as well. Avoid those given, and not to replace the Lord or God, but have respect for them. To gain their favor when possible and appropriate. You know what, sometimes people who go the second mile... People who submit to authority in the workplace are often referred to as, you know, they're kissing up. Boy, you're really taking and dressing them up where they'll be good to you. But really, in reality, we're doing what the Lord told us to do, isn't it? Yeah. Most people... Do most people have a negative, negative connotation of their employer rather than giving them respect that God has said for us to give them and this great wisdom that we're talking about tonight. For such favor can be a blessing and their wrath can be a curse. Those in authority... We don't agree with them when it comes to things going against God. I'm not saying that. There's been times in my careers that I've had to walk away from things because of what they were promoting and even what they were asking me to do. 
but we need respect for the position that they hold. What about our qualities, those of us who are under authority? Proverbs 14 and 35 says that we need to have wise conduct and not shameful. Now we're talking about in the workplace. Those of you who have jobs, young people, those of you who will get jobs, you need to have wise conduct. You need to think about what you do before you do it. There's always jabbing and joking and going on on different jobs and different things and Sometimes it gets way, way too out of hand. But we need to be wise in that conduct and not shameful. Proverbs 14 35, as I mentioned. Proverbs 16 and verse 13 tells us that we need to have a righteous speech. How we talk. What we talk about. Many times as people will come forward and confess and repent of sins, they'll say, man, at work I'm around this. And I hear this all day. And it's really easy to get caught up in those things. I know it. I've been there. Also, the quality of that one submitting to authority is the purity of heart and graceful lips. Proverbs 22 and verse 11. Proverbs 22 and verse 29 says that we need to have excellence in one's work. You want to know how to be the model employee? Just read these scriptures. Excellent in one's work. Do it better than anybody else can do it. That's what I've always told my children. That's what my grandfather told me. As I went into my, one of my first jobs at 18, 19, 19 years old, I went in cleaning bathrooms and cleaning the break room and sweeping the floor. But I'm going to tell you what. I was the best toilet cleaner, garbage taker outer, and floor sweeper there ever was. I'd get in the corners where nobody else would get. I'd get the cobwebs out of the top of the, the ceiling. I've told the story many times of my friend Chucky Mullins who played football in Russellville, Alabama, who went on to play for Ole Miss Rebels, broke his neck playing against Vanderbilt, died several years later, was paralyzed from his shoulders down. Me and Chucky were good friends, number 38. His parents left him. He had nobody. His, high, his rec, recreation center coach took him in and raised him. Lost everybody he had. Didn't have his mom and daddy. Didn't have grandma and grandpa. They died. He didn't have nobody to raise him. And his basketball coach at the rec center raised him. He got a job at the local gas station cleaning the bathroom one day. The owner went in, missed him, been gone for over an hour and a half. He says, what are you doing? What are you, this bathroom, you know how small they are, about as big as this podium. He was cleaning the, the fire sprinklers. He said, why are you doing that? He said, why haven't you stopped already? It looks immaculate. He said, because nobody told me to. He went to the second mile. His work was excellent. He did what others would not have done. If we'll have that attitude in our work, young people and older people as well, Doing more than what I'm asked to do? That's excellence in one work and doing good work. Self-control and passions and appetites. Proverbs 23 speaks of having humility. Proverbs 25, 6 and 7. Patience and gentleness. 
Proverbs 25 and verse 15. If you want to be a model employee, those seven things will help you do that. And God gives us that wisdom. If such of this wisdom regarding authority were a commonplace in our nations, in our businesses, in our churches, and in our families, the world would be a better place. Our homes would be better. Tonight, how wonderful would it be with the aids of this wisdom were put to place in our life? Maybe we haven't been not so much an employee, but maybe we haven't used, and maybe we haven't asked for wisdom. Maybe we need to start asking for wisdom to be a better parent, to be a better grandparent, a better Bible school teacher, a better song leader, a better Bible school class teacher, whatever the case may be, a better worker in our jobs, a better child at home, a better parent, whatever the case may be. Let us ask for wisdom. The Bible's full of it. God says he'll give it liberally. To those who ask, and those who ask in faith, James says, not wavering. Tonight, maybe you have not used wisdom in your life, and maybe you haven't become a Christian. Maybe you have the knowledge, but you haven't used that knowledge yet to become a Christian and to put him on in baptism. We most certainly encourage you to do that. Confess his name, repent. You've heard the word. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be baptized for remission of your sins. Tonight, maybe you've done that and you need to confess sin. Maybe you need to be a better whatever. Maybe some things you need to change. Maybe there's things in your life you're dealing with right now and you just need prayers of church. We can pray for you and with you and we will be glad to do that. So tonight, whatever your need may be, please come. Go be stand and as we sing.